turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Pat Vitucci program guests and Craig Roberts are not affiliated with Proxy Freedom LLC. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Proxy Freedom is no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal profession prior to taking action. Advisory services offered through Proxy Freedom LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. Proxy Freedom and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Welcome to Don't Invest and Forget, a weekly financial news magazine designed to educate and equip you with the roadmap and direction you need to manage your money, meet your financial goals, and instill confidence in your investment choices on the road to retirement. Your host is author, radio commentator, Pat Fatucci, with over 30 years experience in the world of finance and investment planning, with special emphasis on retirement planning. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program, go to don'tinvestandforget.com. My special guest today is Court Chinsis. Court is one of the financial advisors with Proxy. Court, welcome to the show. Thanks, Pat. Pleasure to be here. Court, kind of the basis for what we create for our clients, for our new prospects, our new radio listeners. One of the key factors is getting down to the granular level and creating a comprehensive financial plan. What are some of the components of that comprehensive financial plan? Pat, it's a really good question, and there's a lot of them. And I think it's why, in most cases, people who haven't pursued a financial plan, they tend to delay it or they put it off because they find that it's so complex. Think about all the things that impact your financial life. You're thinking about retirement, maybe education expenses for your children or grandchildren, debt management, emergency reserves. You've got property, liability concerns, disability and contingency plans. There's a lot there. So when we think about financial planning, we do want to take a comprehensive approach and finding somebody who understands all of those and speaks that language fluently, deals with these uh, exact topics day to day can really come in and help eliminate some of the complexity when you're thinking about a financial plan. So it's really a roadmap. And without a roadmap, if you were driving to your vacation spot and you didn't know where you were going, just driving around in circles, without a roadmap and likewise without a financial plan, you really don't know where you've been and where you're going. And when you start getting to pre-retirement age, retirement age, and you start to say, wow, I've been going in circles my whole life. I haven't created a roadmap of where I want to be in one year, three year, five year, 10 year. And that's basically what a financial plan does is a monitoring system, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. I even take it a step further and go from a financial plan to a financial process. Because when you approach it and you think about all the different steps involved, you really have to start in the beginning, just like on your roadmap. You've got to know where you're beginning if the map's going to make any sense. So when we think about the process with our clients and how we help them get to that point where they have a map going from start to finish, 
to achieve their objectives, in our case, financial objectives, we start off making sure we really understand the client's personal and financial circumstances. Once we understand that, we look at it qualitatively, we look at it quantitatively, we build and gather that information, then we start to jump in and identify what are the specific goals that somebody wants to achieve. This is really where before we even get into financial planning, we're doing life planning. And once we understand enough about someone's life, now we can start to articulate financially, how do we help you achieve those objectives? Certainly making adjustments along the way, because life throws lots of surprises at us, right? Our children need extra care. Mom and dad may need financial help. So tweaking that plan is what you've been so good at for many years. And making those adjustments, even minor tweaks or sometimes major issues where you've got to go left instead of going right, given where you are. How about in this current economic climate? I mean, it's pretty stressful. We're looking at a GM strike. We're looking at potential government shutdown. Maybe you're part of the student loan repayment resumption of that loan. China's an issue. We've got Ukraine. A lot of current events could spook even the calmest person with a financial plan. I think you're spot on. And that's why adjusting and monitoring the portfolio and having frequent communication is of utmost importance. If something changes and somebody's feeling worried and they're not sleeping at night, then we're not doing our job because we need to be in frequent communication to talk exactly what you just mentioned, talk to, talk through those types of things. Um, so for example, interest rates are rising. Inflation's been increasing and people are filling that in their pocketbook big time. Ask anyone who's going to the grocery store right now. It's not the same experience it was a few years ago. You've also got a lot of market volatility. Markets are contracting. So prices are going up. Borrowing money is more expensive. Markets are getting more volatile. So what do we do? And I think that goes down to the core tenets of, one, you have to remain flexible and you have to be willing to adjust. Now, Pat, you talk about this a lot in your book, Don't Invest and Forget. You have to have a tactical component to how you're managing someone's wealth, regardless of what type of vehicle it's in, because the environment does change. And as long as you're staying on top of it and you're being flexible, then you can stay up with volatile markets. You can stay up with potential inflationary pressures. And I think that's where readjustment of asset allocation, and making sure that someone has enough liquidity that they don't get nervous when things start to change is a key component to helping to manage behavior. With me in studio today is Court Chitzes. Court is one of the financial advisors in the proxy system. Court, where does debt fall into this thing? I mean, mortgage rates are at 7%. For our listeners are considering buying a house or getting into one of these 7 percenters. How does debt affect the financial plan? Pat, I love that you asked that question because that opens up a whole box of different things that I think are really important. When people come to us and they hear about how we've managed investments for other people, they come in and they're focused on the returns. But you can't forget about some of the other factors. Debt is definitely one. But think about the impact inflation can have on someone's investments. We think about what interest rates, what kind of impact that can have on someone's investments. But let's talk about debt for a minute. When we look at debt, debt always has a cost associated with it. When we try and come up with a debt plan to reduce debt, we need to look at how much does that debt cost? Because instead of focusing forward on returns in the market, we're focusing backwards on the cost of debt. 
you can prioritize debt in a way that you're paying off the higher interest first. You can decide, I don't want to reduce my liquidity and pay off a debt that has a low interest rate. So it needs to be a part of that comprehensive financial plan. There's a lot of layers to managing debt and debt applies to everybody. We got to make sure that again, just like everything else, we have a plan and we have a process to work our way through it. The one word that comes to mind in this discussion we've been having is that four-letter word no one likes to hear about, risk, R-I-S-K. And really, as a financial advisor, you are charged with ameliorating risk and putting risk in its place. You know, do you buy a policy to pass that risk on to an insurance company or do you assume that risk because you think it's a reasonable risk to take? So as a risk manager, you're not only juggling managing money, you're looking at the liability side. Is my client protected? Do they have a big enough umbrella policy? Is their house insurance being kept up properly? Do they have the right coverage for their automobiles or, or their boats or their or their toys, their their RVs or whatever? So risk management is part and parcel of that comprehensive finished plan, isn't it? It is. And I'll tell you one of my favorite lines, easier to make money on money you haven't lost. You have to protect the downside. And I had a mentor of mine early on in the business tell me there's three ways to approach risk. Number one, you can avoid it altogether. Number two, you can mitigate it. Or number three, you can transfer it. So when we talk about avoiding risk, we're talking about the money under the mattress, in the in the Ziploc bag, in the freezer. We're talking about the money that you might have in a old savings and loans account, saving and loan account, or maybe it's in a checking account, or maybe you took a step further and you went into a CD, right? That's how we can avoid it. But that's not risk-free, as you know, Pat, because in an inflationary environment, you have what's called purchasing power risk. That money that's sitting there, that's not earning enough interest, isn't going to buy the same amount of goods and services a year from now. So avoiding risk isn't always the safest way to manage for risk. The second way is mitigate. Now, with that, we talk about portfolio diversification, diversifying across all the different sectors in the stock market, all the different types of debt instruments, real estate, alternative investments, precious metals. So when part of the portfolio goes up, then the other part of the portfolio might stay flat or it might come down and vice versa. So when we think about risk in a portfolio, we don't look at what just one specific investment's doing, but we look overall at the risk-adjusted return. And then finally, and you alluded to this, one of the most powerful tools to manage risk is to transfer it. And you might say, well, what's that even mean? Well, I know you know what it means. There are different organizations, particularly insurance companies, that will take all the investments we just talked about and wrap them in an insurance policy to help to control for risk. You see this with fixed index annuities, with buffered annuities, with variable annuities. These are different tools where you can insure against the downside in the market and put that risk onto an insurance company. So a lot of powerful tools to manage risk. At the end of the day, Uncle Sam is looking at what you're doing and what are the tax implications of what you're doing. We know we can't avoid it, nor do we want to ignore it. And again, we're not tax advisors. We pull in their CPA, their enrolled agent, but the tax consequences of the investment choices are clearly studied before we make that recommendation. This is one area where sometimes I see your do-it-yourselfers miss a boat a little bit. 
We always focus on asset allocation, creating a diversified portfolio of stocks and bonds and different investment vehicles. But it's not just asset allocation that's important. Asset location is important. You will have taxable money, money you've already paid taxes on. You'll have the option to utilize investment vehicles like IRAs or 401ks to defer taxes. And you're going to have different ways where you can purchase investments that are completely tax exempt. So walking through those different things, looking at it comprehensively can dramatically impact your financial portfolio. When we look at things like municipal bonds, there's a lot of different strategies, but the big risk for that is not taking advantage of the strategies that are out there. So not knowing what those are isn't a good enough answer because that can erode a good part of your financial well-being. With me in studio today is Court Chinsis. Court is financial advisor within the proxy system. Court, I want to thank you so much today for joining us. Thanks, Pat. Please keep in mind, we are not tax advisors. We're not enrolled agents. We're not CPAs. Please confer with your tax professional to see if any tax suitability works for these kinds of investments. Again, if you have any questions, give our offices a call. one 888 P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Go to our website, don'tinvestandforget.com. Don'tinvestandforget.com. Pat Petucci says, don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Don't invest and forget. Well, on the backside of the recent spate of market volatility that we saw, but one of the biggest gains we've seen over the last months is employment. And while that's certainly good news, we pivot toward the topic of not getting jobs, but leaving them as we head into retirement. It's the time in just about everyone's working career that we perhaps look the most forward to. That's the time when we finally retire. We've worked for years and years. We've scrimped and saved. We've sacrificed. We've done all the things when it comes to raising a family, putting them through school, getting them married off. And now, finally, the reward of all of our years of labor is to enjoy retirement. But for many Americans, as they draw closer to retirement, they face it with not so much of a sense of excitement, but a sense of fear and intimidation. How much will I need to retire? Will I have enough? Will it last me through the entirety of my retirement years? Today, we talk about what to do when you hit that red zone called retirement. And Pat Vitucci, certainly there's a lot of excitement. A lot of people are counting down the days, down to the minutes when they retire. Then once it actually happens and you've deposited that final paycheck and you realize suddenly it's you and a Social Security check and nothing more, it's sort of like taking away the safety net, isn't it? It's jumping out of that plane and you hope the parachute opens and that can be pretty scary. If you're a football fan, it's called the red zone. You know, when you get down to the 20-yard line and uh, what's your success? Putting the ball over the goal line and scoring. The retirement red zone, as it's been called in many articles, this is an article in USA Today recently that talks about five things to think about in retirement. Well, geez, I just want to think about one thing. I want to think about just nothing. I want to get up and have a cup of coffee and read the paper and do what I want to do. Don't bother my retirement with things I need to think about. I did that for 40 years when I was working. Come on, give me a break. I'm retired. Well, sorry, it doesn't work out that way. You still need to consider and evaluate what are you going to do with your money? It is a responsibility that clearly falls on your lap. You can't blame the guy at the bank or your financial advisor or company you work for. They didn't give you enough money when you retired 
you need to take the responsibility and say, okay, what are we going to do? And step number one is how much income do I really need? You only retire once. In most cases, most people retire once. Yeah, we've all met the guy or gal. Oh, I've, this is my third time that I retired. Well, that's kind of a wordsmithing. I don't buy that. Well, you were off for a month or two and you decided to take another job or another consulting assignment. You really retire once in 90 plus percent of, of our cases. And so when that check stops hitting your bank account every two weeks or a month, whatever, what's going to go on? with the income stream? Do you have enough to cover your overhead? What is your retirement budget look like? Have you prepared a retirement budget? We do that in all of our offices every day of the week. That's the biggest assignment we've been asked. Do I have enough money coming in to cover all my responsibilities and commitments? We get through that one hour assignment pretty quickly and understand pretty succinctly Yeah, I got enough money or I don't have enough money. I need to work for three more years or five more years or 10 more years. Okay, so we've done that. We've determined we've got enough income. We got a little bit extra cushion for when our muffler falls off, our heating system at our home doesn't work anymore, our roof leaks. We've got a little bit of a cushion there to take care of all those things. Our kids need help. One of our grandchildren, God forbid, has medical issues that need some extra care. All those things we want to determine there'll be bumps in retirement. There always are. So to think because you may have had bumps during your lifetime, that doesn't mean that's going to be smooth sailing from this point forward. I certainly hope and pray that's the case, but I've been been in this business for over 30 years. I know there are issues that come up that we weren't expecting, whether it's the health of you or your spouse, whether it's your children, whether you get sued or a whole host of things can uh, arise that have a financial implication on your budget. All right, so what about how do you manage your money? People say, well, I'm going to put it all in the bank. I got to be real conservative. I can't take any risk. Well, taking no risk in retirement is actually literally volunteering for a lot of risk. Markets will go up and markets will go down, but without some asset allocation mix and looking at what kinds of possible returns can I do and do I need to fund a retirement for 20, 30, maybe 40 years? What about the sequence of returns? In other words, what if the first three years, the markets are negative? Wow, now you're eating into your principal. That's not what you had thought about when you when you laid out your retirement plan. So how the market reacts in the first one, three, five, ten 10 years of retirement has significant long-term impact on the growth of that money and watching that principal rise or fall based on how the markets treat you can be very stressful. So the sequence of returns, what happens in the first couple of three years has a big issue in addition to, you know, what kind of risk do I want to take? I've been a proponent of saying you need to have some exposure to the equity markets, to the stock markets, despite your age. If you're going to live for 20 or 30 or 40 years with inflation, buying power literally declines in those years, which is not a fun assignment in the mid to latter years. Now you can't afford to live in the lifestyle you've grown accustomed. Diversification, that's one of those dollar 75 cent words, really needs a lot of attention. And as we've talked about for many, many years, not investing and forgetting, reevaluating that diversification model is, we think, very, very important. Volatility will continue 
to dominate our lives. We are a, a world market. Any geopolitical event that happens on the planet, generally speaking, a nanosecond later has some implication to the markets. So we've got to look at diversification. We've got to look at reallocation. We've got to look at the geography of our money and understanding are those countries that I'm invested in, are they healthy enough right now during this period in the history of our country? Is that a good place to be? Sometimes we're in the unenviable position of suggesting very delicately, listen to this, need delay retirement. Wow. Talk about being unpopular when a couple comes in and they're all excited about going to their boss the next day to retire. And we've got to be in the position of saying, sorry, guys, you need a couple, three more years of investing to cover your monthly nut. Or you need to sell this big, beautiful house and move to a lower cost area. And guess what? Mama always says, no, 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 we're not selling it. Well, I lo- that's my home. We just redid the kitchen. I love my bathroom. I love my neighborhood. I love my church. I'm not going anywhere. We're not trying to dictate at all what you should be doing. We just look at the arithmetic and the budget and how does it fit in with your lifestyle and can you afford to be doing that? We're never happy when we have to conclude a meeting with saying, here's the numbers, guys and gals. The decision to delay has got to be considered given this set of numbers. It's always a trade-off. You want to live in that nice house or do you want to buy down and take the equity in that beautiful home and use some of that equity to supplement your income? And maybe that's just fine. That trade-off is great because I hate my job or I'm going to get downsized and I don't want to restart with another company. That's okay. Our job is to really pragmatically look at the numbers, talk about the reality of what the numbers scream out to suggest that you're in good shape or you may not be in good shape. To take advantage of that complimentary financial health and retirement plan review that Pat spoke of just a moment ago, why not call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-PLAN-WISE. Easier still, you can schedule your appointment conveniently online by going to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. In addition to scheduling your appointment online, you'll also find a number of resources available through the Investor Education tab, including articles and topics such as what we've discussed today on the program. Again, that's don'tinvestandforget.com to get more information or to schedule your complimentary appointment. Don'tinvestandforget.com. Pat Fittucci says, don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. A big reminder for all of us that it's important to take the time to get a retirement planning tune-up from time to time, to take a look at all the components of a retirement plan or our roadmap to make sure that, in fact, it's going to give us the kind of strategy that will take us safely through to an independent retirement. Toward that end, let's talk about some of the key things that we need to be looking at in that retirement tune-up. One of the big concerns today, of course, is managing of one's debt. There's certainly a couple areas. There's smart debt and there's dumb debt. So let's go over that. Smart debt is a loan on an asset that appreciates. In other words, the value goes up, your house, and it's deductible. So a mortgage is hopefully the value goes up. The interest you can declare on your 1040 tax return as deductible. That's smart debt. Appreciation of the asset and the deductibility on the interest. Dumb debt is an asset that declines in value. You buy your car, you buy a boat, you buy an RV, you drive it off the lot, 
and it drops in value 10, 20, 30%, pick a number, a big, big number. And the loan interest is not deductible. So that's what we call dumb debt. So take a snapshot of where you are today and what does your loan portfolio look like? If there is loans on plastic, Visa, MasterCard, et cetera, that's absolutely debt you want to eliminate. There's car payment loans. Again, if you can either fold that into an equity line or get rid of it completely, that's ideal. And lastly, the debt on your home. There's a lot of schools of thinking on this, and I'm not a big fan of paying off debt, especially with rates as they are today. Now, I'm not suggesting you go out and get a loan if you've already paid off your home, but I would not be all that excited about paying it off if I had a choice between maxing out my 401k or paying off that loan I would absolutely go for maxing out the 401k. So it reduces your marginal tax bracket and you take the deductibility on the loan. I mean, ideally when you retire, you'd have zero debt. That doesn't take a mental giant to figure that one out. But mortgage loans, you could absolutely arithmetically compute the fact that having a mortgage, even in retirement, can make pretty good sense. So you've got to look at all those issues. And then, of course, the option, do you sell the big house and move to the small house? Or do you move to a less expensive area? Almost anywhere in the USA compared to the Bay Area, you can move 100 miles away and get a lot more two-by-fours for your dollar. Maybe you don't want to do that. Your grandkids are here. Lots of choices where you can reduce your monthly outlay, maybe eliminate the mortgage, and maybe have a better lifestyle. Um, Again, managing that debt is a lot of ways of carving it up. And we can be pretty creative in in how to look at your debt load, Craig. One of the big shockers, of course, for folks dealing with the reality that even as the paychecks stop arriving, the bills will continue to arrive. And as we restructure a retirement plan to go from more of a growth portfolio toward a income providing portfolio, Probably I would suggest, Pat, wise not to be tapping into that for rainy day funds, meaning that as much as we know, listen, we drive the car all the time, suddenly the transmission goes out, the house needs a new roof on it, things of this sort. Is it important to set aside money in an emergency fund so that if something comes along that's unexpected, and we know that's expected to happen in life all the time, that we have access to some cash? Hot water heaters and roofs still leak Even though we are retired, there's no magic that suddenly that kind of stuff doesn't happen anymore. So we've got to have contingency emergency fund. The big one, of course, we're all aware of and more and more employers are saying it's up to you and I to carry our own health care. Health care is at least $1,000 a month for most couples. So we've got to factor that in in a big, big way. 20 years ago, most employers carried retirees' health care plans for the rest of their life. But the rest of their life, uh, you know, many years ago was just a couple of years of retirement. Now it's 10, 20, 30, 40 years of retirement. So corporate America cannot carry our health care plans for that long a period of time. So we've got to look at all those issues. Should you look at a PPO, an HMO, and try and carve it up as best you can that makes it comfortable for your family to figure out what to do with with the healthcare issue. But certainly a contingency plan, the rules are about four or five months of monthly overhead in emergencies. If it costs you $3,000 a month to run your home, around 12, 14, 18 grand sitting around at the bank. We had a listener come in last week, Craig, $200,000 in a checking account. 
I said, why would you have that much in a checking account? Well, I'm just nervous about this market and I want to have a big cushion. That's a little bit extreme. Certainly, you've worked hard for your money. Now your money's got to work hard for you. And this is an example, too much money sitting around not working hard. Having a rainy day or an emergency fund is a very important thing to have in case the inevitable happens. Now, with that said, the big key here is we talk about retirement planning. The operative word there is plan, whether we're going to set out on a long trip, uh, maybe to go halfway across the country to go visit grandparents over the summer with the kids. Whatever it might be, it's always wise to plan in advance. Make sure you've got a roadmap set together. You've checked the air in the tires. You've got plenty of gasoline. You've topped off the radiator with fresh water, all of this. And I suppose the same thing is very true, Pat, when it comes to mapping out a plan for retirement. And I guess that means all aspects of retirement planning, what we can anticipate from Social Security, how much money we need to have set aside in our 401k and in our IRA to generate the kind of income we'll need at retirement. In so many cases, my retiree folks come in and they say, you know, we're so busy We can't figure out how we had time to work when we were working. So many retirees are busy as heck because they're either volunteering or they're working part-time or they work for their church or there are lots of hobbies and friends and trips. In many cases, it's it's a very fulfilling level of life at that point in time. It's a whole new chapter, but I would certainly encourage folks to kind of take a test drive and figure out what do you get a charge out of doing. Do some introspection on what hobbies you have or interests you have. And there's sometimes, Craig, I, I got to tell you, a small percentage, a minority of folks who say, I'm bored to tears. I have no idea what to do. I wake up in the morning. I have breakfast. I'm done reading the paper. It's 830. Now I got the whole day. My gosh, what do I do now? So we've got to look at what to do There's the mental aspects. We've had this vocation for 40 or more years. We wake up in the morning and we just go through those steps like a zombie going to work every day. And now now all of a sudden, there's a whole new dimension of life called time, having time on your hands, which worker bees generally don't have any and retirees have a lot of time. So that's the whole adjustment. Certainly, it's an opportunity to join a club or start a hobby or go back to college and take a reading course or take a a woodworking course, whatever your interests are. There's certainly no shortage of things to learn and get involved with. If you have the motivation, I think mentally is so important to start retirement with a positive spin. I've seen depressed people go into this phase and just get more depressed. On the other hand, we get really highly motivated, excited people, and they bring a whole level of enjoyment to their life. So I think mentally, you've got to take an inventory of kind of shape you're in and understand if you're prepared for this pretty dramatic shift in lifestyle. In preparation for that, is it wise to kind of take the retirement out for a test drive, Pat, in the sense that maybe to attempt for a few months before you officially retire to see what it's going to be like living in retirement? Is that a good idea? In other words, stop using the credit cards, start paying for things in cash, and and just kind of get a sense of what the feeling is going to be like? I think understanding what those golden years are going to be like is an absolute great idea. You can take a a sabbatical for a month or two and just try to figure out what are you going to do? Frankly, some people say, you know, I don't ever want to retire. I love what I do. I want to take more time off. And sadly, when you work for corporate America, it's either work all year long and you get three or four weeks off or not. Many companies 
are having these work share programs where you can work for two or three months and take a month off. So I think more and more corporate America is adjusting and recalibrating to that schedule, given the fact that, A, it's a big brain drain out of corporate America and they can't afford to have all these boomers leaving at the same time, while these young folks are certainly energetic and and motivated. They may not have the maturity or the experience to handle some of these bigger level or mid-level management jobs. And so the smart companies are saying, let's create kind of a, a work schedule that allows these folks to kind of test drive for a couple of months and then come back to work for a couple, three months. So more and more of those schedules are becoming available. Certainly if you're self-employed, you just scale back the activity level. That's a little bit easier to do. Got a good support system and to manage your company while you're off sailing in Europe somewhere. I wonder if the boss would just let me do that tomorrow. I'm not going to plan on retiring, but just like to take a month off. See I, how it's I like. can write you a note, Craig. Dear boss, please excuse Craig for the next month. He's going to go to Europe and spend a month in Italy. I think I like that plan. The toll-free number to call today if you'd like to schedule your own retirement plan tune-up. Call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE, 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-752-6947. Listening to Don't Invest and Forget with Pat Fatucci. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program, or to schedule your appointment for a no obligation financial plan tune up in one of the Bay Area offices of Proxy Freedom near you, go to Don't Invest and Forget.com. That's Don't Invest and Forget.com. Or call 888 Plan Wise. That's 888 P L A N W I S C. Or visit Don't Invest and Forget.com. Pat Matucci program guests and Craig Roberts are not affiliated with Proxy Freedom LLC. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Proxy Freedom is no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal profession prior to taking action. Advisory services offered through Proxy Freedom LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. Proxy Freedom and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated.